Blog Talk Radio. All right, let's find our spot and get our red songbook out. And we're going to turn to number 12 this morning. Number 12. I've set my Bible down somewhere. No, it's in the office. So Jackson, tell him to get my Bible. All right. Number 12, let's sing this morning, the old rugged cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. And exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, the old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God, left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a proud glass to the old rugged cross. I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. If you call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Amen and it's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Amen. It's good to see all of you and glad that you're here on this Resurrection Sunday morning. Amen. And thank God that you are here. I know there's prayer requests. And uh, we let's see, who all we got? Um, we need to pray for Dan. Dan's here, praise God, even though he had surgery this week. And biopsy done. And, and you got another one coming up when? No, I'm back. I'll have two two weeks. That's it, bro. You through having surgery? Okay, I thought you were going to make a career, brother, but you've done pretty good. You got them down. Amen. 
Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Any, anybody have the prayer request? Yes, Mama. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Y'all please pray for them. They're they in a bad situation. Uh, any others? Yes, Scott. Yes, sir. Amen. Y'all pray for my brother and my nephew. He's staying with us. Uh, any other prayer requests? Yes, Miss Charlotte. I have yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's pray for, remember, pray for Grant, for healing. What about your situation? Everything got better? Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else? Anything else before we go to the Lord this morning? I know we got something else, but I said prayer requests. Any prayer requests? Any more? All right. Well, we got a birthday we got to take care of. Yep. Turkey had one yesterday, and uh, so we better take care of it. That is Scott. Amen. He's not as old as me, but close. He's sneaking up on me. Happy birthday to Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Scott. Happy birthday to you. Amen. We're glad you're here this morning, brother. Praise the Lord. All right. Anything else before we go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to meet with us today? Yes.
Turn to number 16. One day, one day he's coming, oh glorious day. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin. Welcome amen, my example is he. Living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sin far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on the tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sin far away. Rising, He justified freely forever. One day, He's coming. Oh, glorious day, one day they left him alone in the garden. One day he rested from suffering free. Angels came down for his tomb to keep vigil. Hope of the hopeless, my Savior is he. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day, he's coming. Oh, glorious day. One day the grave could no longer conceal him. One day the song rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended, my Lord evermore. Living he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day, he's coming, oh, glorious day. One day, the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with His glories will shine. Wonderful day, 
my beloved ones bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he's justified. Freely forever, one day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Amen. Praise God, church. That sounded good. 241. 241. Hallelujah, Christ arose. Amen. Two, I'm sorry, 68. I'm jumping the gun on you. 68. Let's go to 68 first. We'll finish with that one. Amen. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Amen. I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all this stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen. Praise God, he does. Let's turn to 241. 241. Christ arose. 
I'm glad I'm saved this morning. I'm so glad I know that, and I'm secure in that. Amen. The devil can't threaten me with nothing because I'm saved. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Take your Bible this morning. Turn to John chapter eight. John chapter eight. We've been looking Calvary through a lens of a microscope, taking it step by step, moment by moment. And we've been, like I said, we've been analyzing things with a microscope down to the finest details. But what we're going to do now, we're going to take a telescope and back away off and look at the big picture for a moment. 
And uh, so <clears throat> the title of my message this morning sounds a little cocky when I read it to you. It's called The Greatest Sermon Ever Preached. But it's not because I'm preaching it. I want you to understand that for sure. But it is truly the greatest sermon that was ever preached. Take your Bible there. Look in John chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. The Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And the, the, the text portion we're really looking at this morning is when Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, humbly. Lord, this morning we we, we commemorate, Lord, the, the rising from the dead of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we should do that every Sunday morning. We should do that every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. Lord, it should never be just a once-a-year celebration for the believer. It ought to be a moment-by-moment celebration that we serve a risen Savior, that our God is alive, that our God loves us and intercedes on our behalf every moment of every day and night. Lord, what a privilege it is to be your, to be your child, not only to be your child, but to be an instrument of your choosing to bring forth your message. And, Lord, I pray this morning as I come before the congregation, Lord, that you'll use me for your glory, that you'll use me to honor your son. Father, I pray, Lord, you just ring me out like a wash rag and get all out of me you can. Lord, I want to be a blessing and I want to be a help and an encouragement. Lord God, I pray that we'll, we'll just step out of our little world and, Lord, put ourselves in in your in your shoes, Lord, we look down upon Calvary. We look upon the event that we'll that we'll take a little helicopter ride above the earth and view things from a different perspective. Lord God, I just pray you'd move this morning in our midst. Touch us. Remind us of why we're here, why we gather on Sunday, why we come together as a body. Lord, it's all about it's all about you. It's all about what you've done for us. It's all about what you're doing in us and all about what you, your plans for us. Father, thank you so much for my Savior. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for that salvation I didn't deserve, and I still don't deserve, but I'm so grateful for it. Put your hand upon me. Forgive my sin, Lord. Cleanse me of anything and everything in my life that's displeasing to you. Fill me with your Holy Ghost. Use me as an instrument in your hand for your honor and glory. I praise you, and I give you the glory now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the greatest sermon ever preached. First thing we're going to find, we're going to find out three things in this message. Number one, we're going to find out who preached the greatest sermon that was ever preached. The second thing we're going to look at is where was it preached at? And the third thing is what were the results of the greatest sermon that was ever preached? Now, we know all these things. We're just reviewing because we've, walk this journey together up to Calvary. So we, we, we know these things, but again, like I said, we're just reviewing, but we know that all, the, all during the ministry of Jesus that the Pharisees 
they had watched him like a hawk. They were trying their best to prove him to, to have flaws. They were trying their best to prove him to be faulty, to prove him to be blasphemous, to prove him to be a criminal, to be a, a, a sham. They wanted so bad to find fault where they could say, aha, see, you are not who you claim to be. And uh, they, they were watching him. They were waiting uh, for an opportunity to cause Jesus harm at every turn. And uh, he tried time and time and time and time again to get him to turn and, and, and go against the Old Testament law. Uh, you know, they had right here they had just brought to him a woman caught in the act of adultery. And we know the story, but let's just kind of review it in our mind. That they brought her in. And they said, you know, hey, we know what Moses says ought to be done to her. She ought to be stoned to death. Well, what say you? And Jesus bent down and he rode in the dirt. Okay? And long story short, they all left. All the hurt. And Jesus said, woman, where have I accused? Where are thine accusers? Who's accusing you? Where are thine accusers? There ain't none, Lord. He said, well, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. That they could trip him up by, by bringing her to him and say, okay, she should be stoned to death. And, and when, he, when he showed, well, he didn't, he didn't react the way they wanted him to. No, he showed mercy. He showed grace. And they couldn't handle it. They didn't know what to do. And he called them out on their sin and made them walk away instead. Jesus was never going to be fooled or tricked by any man. John 8, 12 and 13, the Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And the Pharisees therefore said unto him, now listen, he just said, I'm the light of the world. And they said to him, thou bearest record of thyself. That's just your opinion of yourself, Jesus. That's just what you think, and you're wrong, buddy. That's what they were saying. Thy record is not true. You're the one saying that, and you don't know what you're talking about. He's put it in plain English. But let's look at what he said again in our text. Jesus said unto them, this is a few verses later after them saying, you're not, you don't know what you're talking about. He said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, which is, in other words, when you have nailed me to the cross of Calvary and lifted me up between heaven and earth, then shall you know that I'm he. Matthew 27, 35 through 38, the Bible says, and they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is the king of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, and one on the left. And then in verses 39 through 44, 
The Bible says, And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. This is the passers-by. All right? You made all these statements, Jesus. Let's see you prove it now. Uh-huh. You think, you think you know what you're talking about, but you're not right. Your record ain't true. You don't know what you're talking about. You said you could do it. Let's see you do it, Jesus. That's what everybody's doing to him. They're mocking him and saying, you said all that stuff. You told us all that good stuff about yourself. You said you were, you were this and you were that. Well, let's see it now. Likewise, also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and the elders, said, He saved others. He himself he cannot save. They're throwing doubt on the fact that he did anything for anybody else. It must have been a figment of everybody's imagination. He saved others, and he can't even save himself. See, there, he's not your Messiah. He's not who he claimed to be. Look at him. Look at your Savior. He can't even save himself. That's the mocking that they were doing. He trusted in God. Oh, by the way, he said, if he be the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we'll believe it. Show us. You know, it's the devil working through all of them. That's the devil trying to get Jesus down off the cross. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Obviously, you're not his son because he doesn't care about you. He's got you dying on a cross. And we, we, we touched this a couple of weeks ago. And the thieves also, this is before the one got saved, the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Here they are dying and, and in agony and pain, and instead of focusing on their own suffering, they're mad at him and screaming at him and saying, you, you claim to be the Savior. You claim to be the Son of God. Why can't you do anything to help us? All of that's going on. They're shouting, that man on the cross in the middle, he trusted God. Well, let God do something if he wants him. Let God help him if he's going to get some help. Let him help him if he's really the Son of God. He claimed to be the Son of God. Why doesn't God do anything? And God did. Number one, the lights of the universe went out. Out. Matthew twenty-seven forty-five says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness all over all the land until the ninth hour. That is not just talking about Israel. It didn't, didn't no big cloud come up over Israel and it get dark for three solid hours. There was no light. There was no sun. There was no moon. There was no stars. There wasn't nobody had no light lit in their house. By the way, this is day. Everybody done blowed their candles and their lamps out. It was dark. I mean, it was Africa in the middle of the Congo dark. It was no, no, they didn't even light there. They got stars there. There was nothing. Pitch black for three solid hours. 
for 180 minutes, they question, is this the end of days? You think about them. There was no alert to say, hey, the lights are going to go out at noon. <laughs> and they'll be off until 3, a, uh, 3 p.m. Uh, so everybody be prepared. No. When it happened, boom. It was a sunshiny day, and boom, the lights went out as if God hit the breaker. And it all went off. Can you imagine the fear that gripped all the men who were standing around the cross? I'm assuming a very eerie silence hit the land at that moment. Men began to feel around for their children if they were there, or their wives, or, or trying to find a place to stand because they lost their body. They got disoriented. They couldn't figure out where they were at on top of that hillside. All through the city, all over the land, all over the world, it got dark. People began to question, is it ever going to shine again? Am I ever going to see light again? I can't see my hand. I can't see anything. For 10,800 seconds, time stood still as God gave Jesus everyone's undivided attention. John eight twelve. Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. The light of the world was dying on the cross. And it caused the lights of heaven to dim with a loss. Creation was reacting to the death of its creator. Number one, the lights of heaven went out. Point number two. The veil of the temple was rent. Matthew twenty-seven forty-five through fifty-one. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani?" Which is to say, "My God, My God, why hast thou forsaken me?" Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. You may not understand the significance. I keep remember. I, I ain't got my microphone. I got to stay with the pulpit. You may, you may, you may not know the significance of the veil in the temple. But the veil in the temple separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And only one day of the year was the high priest allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, and that was the Day of Atonement, where he went in and he took the blood of the Lamb and he, and he sprinkled it on the, on the mercy seat to make atonement for the children of Israel. And it was the time of the evening Passover when Jesus died. He, by the way, first of all, it was the time of the morning offering when they nailed him to the cross. And it was the time of the evening offering when he died on the cross. God's timing is impeccable. It's all about the lamb. All about the lamb. 
understand that that priest would have been taking that blood at that time into the temple. When Jesus on Mount Calvary cried with a loud voice. Now let me tell you about that veil for a second. I've done a little research on that veil over the years. That wasn't just the curtain. You've got to understand, these people feared God. They knew that if they were exposed to the Holy of Holies, they would die. Again, this priest, he, I've told you this before, but he wore a garment that had bells sewed to the bottom of him, him of, his, of his garment, and those bells would clang as he walked. Not only that, uh, he, he wore a rope around his waist that was let out into the holy place where the other, the Levites, the rest of them, they could hold on to that rope. If something were to happen, if he was not right with God when he walked through that, through that veil, went in that veil, then he would drop dead in the presence of God. Well, nobody else could go in and get him, so they had to have a rope to pull his dead body out lest he should die because he was not right with God. And realize the fear that must have been on it. And this veil, they say it was anywhere from an inch to three inches thick of woven linen. Y'all ever held a linen napkin? Everybody in here has, hasn't they? Okay? You can't tear that very easy. That's linen's tough. Linen, I mean, I mean, you can't tear a linen tablecloth that I know of, but much less three inches of woven linen. It would be impossible for all the men in, in Jerusalem probably to rip. But just as this priest is walking in, Jesus on the hill Calvary cries with a loud voice, yields up the ghost, and right before the high priest, rip all the way to the floor. And the, whole, the curtain swung open, and the Holy of Holies is exposed. And you know what happened right that moment? That was the end of their religion. It ended that moment. Because forevermore, there was no need for a high priest to go in and sprinkle blood on a mercy seat. Because our high priest had died upon the hill of Calvary. Making that sacrifice once for all, forevermore, there was no need for another lamb to be slain. God, God had decreed that all that was over with. And that priest must have ran screaming from the temple saying, It's over, it's over, we're all going to die. It must have scared him to the depths of his soul. It's like we're all going to die because it's all open now and God's going to kill us all. That was God's second point, by the way. Number one, the light of the world. He's the light of the world. And I'll prove it to you. Number two, your religion's dead because I finished it today. And number three, the earthquake. The graves came open, and the dead walked around. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one through 53, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. It was a great earthquake that took place during that time. Whole place to shake. You imagine, you were there mocking God, mocking him openly, just pouring out your derision upon God. Boom, the lights go out. 
Then the temple veils rent. Now the earth begins to shake. The rocks begin to crack. I don't know about you, but I think if I was a lost man, I'd have been terrified that day. But not only that, down at the cemetery. That's a song. I don't know if y'all ever heard it. It's called Something's Going On in the Graveyard. I wish I knew that one. This morning I'd sing it. Amen. There's something going on in the graveyard. The graves opened. And many came out of the graves. The saints. Not the, not the lost. The saints. Those who were saved. Listen, he brought captivity captive. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you had a funeral, maybe buried your mother maybe 10 years before, and, and, and she's been in that graveyard all this time, and you're sitting there that day, and all these events are going on, and you're not sure what to think. And I mean, all this stuff is taking place that day, and you're shaking to your core, and then there's a knock at the door, and you open the door, and there stands Mama. He's alive! It's real. He's, he died for us. He's going to be alive. It's going to be all right. We're going to heaven. I don't know if that's exactly how it happened. Probably not. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's a pretty good idea in my mind of what might have happened. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, it freaks some people out to see people they used to know that died out walking around in the street. I mean, that don't just happen. We're not talking about zombies walking around. They, 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 they were in their right mind. They had, they had their bodies. They weren't, they weren't decayed. God did a miracle. You can't, you can't fake that. Ephesians 4, 8, 8 through 10, Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, but it, what, is, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now the significant thing about these things that I've mentioned is that all of them happened when that man on the middle cross died. He had said, when you've lifted up the Son of Man, then will you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father had taught me, I speak. The greatest sermon ever preached was preached by God Almighty. And his pulpit was Calvary. And his three points were, number one, the blacking out of the sun, demonstrating his power over all physical existence, that he's in control, that no matter what man thinks or what man says or what man's religion does or believes or whatever, whatever man can come up with, he's in control. Number two, his second point was the rending of the veil, demonstrating God's plan of opening the way of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. My, my, my good friend, which y'all heard, Brother Mark Wheeler, when they were here, they, he sang that song, The Veil is Gone. I sang it before, too. I love that song. Amen. I thank God. I thank God I don't have to, I don't have to go down and, and, and kill a little, a little helpless lamb and have its blood shed. I thank God all I have to do is get on my knees before my Savior and confess my sin, and he's faithful and just to, to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thank God that he has paid it all, that it's paid in full. 
that the debt is no longer over my head. As the old song says, the old account was settled, and it was settled long ago. Number three, the earthquake and the opening of the graves. Demonstrating God's agreement with the words of his son. Because this is the man who said in John 2.19, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. This is the man who had stood at the tomb of Lazarus after he'd been dead for four days, and it said, come forth. And Lazarus came forth very much alive. And on that occasion, this man said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He is the man who said in Matthew 20, 17 through 19, and he was going up to Jerusalem, and he took his 12 disciples apart in the way, and he said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. All of these events shook and moved a Roman soldier, not just any Roman soldier, but a centurion who led a hundred men. That's what it meant. He was in charge. He was a general in today in our military. We call him a general. I mean, he was a he was a very powerful man, a very probably a very hard man, a very hard-hearted man. No telling how many men he killed in cold blood on a battlefield. This man was shaken to his core by the events that he saw unfold before him. The Bible tells us in Matthew 27, 54, Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. It shook them to their very core. They couldn't believe what they were seeing and had witnessed that day. The greatest sermon ever preached, preached by Almighty God. Pulpit with Calvary. The points with the blacking out of the universe, the rending of the veil in two, and an earthquake that rent the rocks, and the graves opening up and the dead walking around. In Matthew 28, 1 through 8, and I'll close with this. The Bible says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He's not here, for he has arisen, as he said, as he said. Amen? His word is true. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there ye shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. Would to God we 
today would leave here with great fear and great joy and go and tell somebody that he has risen, that he's alive, that he has conquered death. Amen. He took captivity captive, that he's paid to sin death, that he has, he has made a way for us to God, the only way we could have ever gone. There's no other way to God but through him, and he has done all that's necessary. He has, he has finished the work. He's risen. You and I never need to get lost in this old world to where we forget the importance of why we're here. We are here to be witnesses. We are here to be ambassadors. We are here to herald the news, the good news, that Jesus has paid the price for sinners, that it's finished, that he's risen, that he's ascended, and he's alive forevermore, and he maketh intercession for us. He ever liveth to make intercession for our sins, and someday that trumpet's going to blow and he's going to take us home to glory. Amen. Although we go by the grave regardless, we'll come out of the grave. Praise God. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to that moment. I'm looking forward forever with him. This little span on earth is such a little short thing. David says, what is your life? is but a vapor. He said, there's but a step between me and death. This little tiny existence we have. So, so important that we not waste it, that we not let us get in the way of him. Let him, in the power of his resurrection, live through you. Carry it with you. Don't just let it shine here in church. What you have is supposed to shine all the time. Christ is, Christ is to be magnified in us daily. As John the Baptist said, he must increase. I must decrease. Let's stand together. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.